Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. On June 18th, the Shield Museum in Gastonia will open a brand new exhibit called Carolina Q, which tells the story of the Carolina's most famous food tradition. It explores the history and culture around this culinary institution. Tony Paysauer is the head of interpretation at the Shield Museum, and he joins us today to talk about this exhibit and how it came together. So, Tony, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Hello. The story of Carolina Q is, um, you know, there are lots of books about it and, and all of that, and I'm curious what made y'all decide to do a whole exhibit around it. It comes from a couple of different things. We have a uh, permanent exhibit hall at the Shield Museum on the natural history of North Carolina, and we explore environments and the different things you find in environments, uh, living and non-living, and how all those things work together. And a big part of our mission at Shield is not only understanding the environment, but really understanding the role of humanity within environments, how we're just a part of nature. And uh, so the human story is a big part of what we uh, look at at the Shield Museum. Part of the exhibit hall just needed a facelift. And we had the theme of the room for North Carolina. So we thought, well, wouldn't it be great to use this space for some uh, featured exhibits? And so the idea is, well, a featured exhibit in a small space that maybe deals with something related to the Carolinas and maybe we do something about culture, about people. And okay, what can we say about culture in the Carolinas? What's something that um, people could learn about? For barbecue in particular, it's a great story. The thing I arrived at pretty quickly is that everyone eats. Uh, it doesn't matter what your political persuasion, uh, how you feel about different issues in the world around us. Um, everyone enjoys a good meal. And food very often creates a situation where people of various opinions can actually come together and agree on something. Hey, guys, this is pretty good, isn't it? And food is really a... Um, it's an opportunity for families, for friends, and for communities to to share things together and sometimes have real conversations. And it just seems like in today's environment, we need to find more things that we have in common, more things we can talk about in a positive way. And what better thing to talk about than something, something like food? So the theme of barbecue and its role in unifying people and being available to all to having a rich, deep history in our region just seemed to naturally fit with our exhibit hall. So you are going to look at barbecue from different angles with this exhibit, from what I understand. And you are a science museum. I think part of what you're looking at is the science behind barbecue, right? Actually, that's correct. We call ourselves Museum of Natural History, but we're very broad on our take of the sciences. And we, we don't really limit our experiences to natural science or, or sometimes even science. We'll cross over into history. We'll cross over into very human stories uh, on occasion. But actually, if you look at the story of barbecue and barbecue as a noun, not a verb, that's very important to, to distinguish it. <laughs> uh, barbecue as a noun, this institution that we have in our region, there's a number of different aspects of this we can look at. We can look at a science story. We can look at a story of history. We can look at a story of anthropology. There's a number of things going on here. And we feel like the weaving together of these different threads is a perfect analogy for how really the, the natural world around us works and, and how uh, humanity is impacted by that and impacts the natural world. Like many things, barbecue is a tale of many experiences. And we're exploring several, several things along with the science in that. Did you have to do a lot of research? 
to put yes, this together? Yes, very painstaking, difficult, uh, grueling uh, research. Um, in fact, I just conducted a little research of about an hour ago, <laughs> right up the street <laughs> at a local barbecue establishment. But um, I have enjoyed uh, barbecue for my entire life. You, you can't tell it because I, I'm, I lack an accent. I have absolutely no accent, but I'm no, actually- I can't hear one at all. I'm a local here to Gaston County and uh, have, have grown up in a barbecue culture, as many people have in the Southeast, and, and have uh, some really strong, informed opinions about barbecue. But the, um, the research that has been done really started with just life experience. I, I go to barbecue places. I love to go to barbecue places. I love to, um, I love to sample not only the food of a region or a town, but think about how that food experience has been flavored by that location's own story, where where the people came from, how they arrived at, the natural resources that were at hand. Why why is that meal in that corner of the state different from a meal in another corner of the state? So I've always been interested in that and curious about that. And, and like everybody else, I like to eat, sometimes a little too much. I've made a game of how many barbecue restaurants in the Carolinas can I find? Here's a new town I've never been in. Where's the place to go eat barbecue? So uh, that was some independent uh, research that's been going on for a long time. And quite frankly, with a lot of our best exhibit or program ideas, what we, we do here at SHIELD is we'll often find somebody that's interested in something and think, isn't that curious that that person is interested in that? And what's really go, going on with that? And we can build incredible stories out of that natural interest. What it does, it allows us to create an experience based on someone's natural curiosity and enthusiasm. Um, beyond that, of course, there's a ton of information out there about the institution of barbecue. Many, many books. I mean, you could get on Amazon or go to the local library. There's a, the local bookstore. There is a plethora of information out there about barbecue, not to mention what's online. Uh, and then there's tons and tons and tons of local experts in every corner of the Carolinas that can have conversations with you about that. The real challenge is boiling that down into what you want to accept as the, you know, the real story here. And it's a particular challenge with barbecue because there are so many variations on the story and there's such strong opinions in different places about the right way to do it, the best way to do it, how this came about. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, to explore. And my research is ongoing. Even after the exhibit's long over, I imagine I'll continue to, to conduct research on the, the science of barbecue for the betterment of all. Yes, of course. So when someone comes to the exhibit, when it opens, give us a little idea of what they're going to see. And are they going to be able to eat any barbecue? Are they going to be able to smell barbecue? What's it going to be like? So the experience includes a lot of information. We've got beautiful graphic representations of the stories that are very colorful and well illustrated. There's some historic photographs. There's some wonderful graphics that, that help tell the different aspects of the barbecue story. Uh, we're creating a diorama, a, uh, a replicated scene of some local residents uh, conducting a barbecue operation, uh, firing a pit. We're gonna see glowing embers. Um, we're gonna see uh, not a real pig, but a but a simulation of the pig on the pig, and really really see what's going on with with the firing of a barbecue in the diorama. We have some incredible miniature pits that our staff here at the museum have created to show different types of smoking barbecue, both uh, directly and indirectly. Um, we've got a small exhibit on the um, on pork and the the role of of hogs in in this story, 
And then we've got some exhibits that really look into the different ingredients of the, of the barbecue story between the woods and the spices and the sauces and other things that are used to, to flavor the experience. So there's a lot to um, a lot to come in, see on our panels and in our scenes that we've created. The exhibit itself is is not massive. It's about 800 square feet, but it relates to many other experiences around the, the shield that would allow you to uh, get further in depth. A really neat area that's adjacent to the exhibit that people can explore is our new farm, where we look at this story of um, rural North Carolina and the science of agriculture in our state. And in that area, we have um, some some live animals and some crops that relate to the story. And we've, we've got some really cute pigs that people can come out and see. And in that area also, uh, opening weekend, we will be conducting a whole home barbecue so people can come and talk with barbecue experts about the process and see how it works. And I believe there's going to be a food truck to here selling our barbecue directly to folks. And beyond that, we're going to be very happy to let uh, people that come see us know about all the great barbecue establishments within just a few miles of the museum in nearly every direction. So uh, people can come to the museum, learn about barbecue, and then certainly find their way to a tasty meal while they're here. Speaking of the barbecue uh, restaurants that are, you know, close by, can you explain a little bit about the barbecue tradition in Gaston County? I know there are a couple of restaurants who that have been there for a long time. Yeah. Broadly speaking, within the Southeast, there's four main styles. Um, a, a Memphis style, a Kansas City style, a, a Texas style, and then a Carolina style. So we're focusing on a Carolina style. Within the Carolinas, there are lumpers and there are splitters. And you could, you could identify many, many, many different kinds of styles. What we decided to with our exhibit is break it down into four. The Piedmont, North Carolina, really falls into this Piedmont category of styles that's generally accepted as far as Carolina's barbecue. So the barbecue restaurants in Gaston County and surrounding areas tend to be of this Piedmont style, especially the older uh, family-style restaurants that may have been here for generations. If you look at some of the chains uh, that, if, that are all great, they're all great restaurants that, that have moved into the area over the years. They tend to have more variety in their food, in their styles, in their sauces, whereas the local establishments that have grown up uh, in the local area tend to be very concentrated in their style. The barbecue restaurant industry, uh, generally speaking, came out of the tobacco industry in a lot of ways. It had to do with, in the, the late 1800s, tobacco being cured and going to the market and street vendors peddling food to people that were around for the tobacco sale. And over time, these things um, got institutionalized in the brick and mortar restaurants and began to, to have a life of their own, independent of the, the let's all go to town to sell our tobacco kind of, kind of deal. Um, in Gaston County, we have, at last count, I don't want to name names because I'll leave somebody out, but I concluded there's 11 establishments that are original, really non, non-chain non establishments, and um, some of those go back quite a few years. I, I don't believe any get it back any, any earlier than the 1950s, but uh, the majority, I would say, have been here since the 1970s and, you know. Uh, so you say they're, they're part of the Piedmont tradition but are they different um does is that what they serve different at all from what you would find say if you went to lexington or uh some other town well i think shelby somebody somebody would say that lexington style 
and Piedmont style. Some would put those together mm-hmm. and some would split them. Now, there's a big difference from what I can see. Here in, in our part of the southern Piedmont, the barbecue tends to be served, I'm going to say dry, with sauce applied to the top, perhaps, or sauce on the side. The Lexington style, the sauce tends to be mixed into the meat before it's served. That's that's the, the main difference that I can see. The sauces are, are very similar. So depending on if you're a, a splitter or a lumper, it's either the same or they're, they're slightly different. I think my personal favorite place, I won't name the name, but it's in Salisbury, is actually more of a traditional Lexington style uh, than straight out Piedmont. But uh, they're, they're mostly similar in, in, in every other way uh, besides that. In the Piedmont, the tendency is to um, cook uh, whole pork shoulders or, or a portion of pork shoulder called it, basically a Boston butt. And that is that is what's smoked. It's usually smoked with uh, hickory or oak. And the reason for that is because we have lots of hickory and oak here in the Piedmont. And that's another thing about barbecue. It's what resources are available in the natural world. That's what, that's what flavors the meat. It's not something exotic. The Texas barbecue is fueled by mesquite because there's a lot of mesquite trees there. So it's a portion of the hog fueled either by uh, wood fire, but in most cases these days, um, propane or, or electricity chopped and presented with a sauce that uh, is tomato-based with vinegar and a fair amount of sugar. That seems to be the Piedmont tradition. But if you go back far enough in the story of barbecue, you get down to some basic things. The essence of barbecue, the main ingredients, you've got pork, you've got some variation on cornmeal. Uh, Down east, it may be cornbread. Here in the Piedmont, it's, it's hush puppies. And then something with cabbage. And if you think about that, cabbage, corn, pork, inexpensive things available most times of the year. These things save a long time on their own. They're easily preserved. They're readily accessible to all socioeconomic levels. There's something to that. That's why barbecue has such a tradition. It appeals to everyone. It's been available to everyone. And it's been, these ingredients were sources of a lot of food for a lot of people at one time without it being overly expensive. So you have different variations of these same things in this. I know that's a long-winded answer to the the Piedmont style, but yeah, the Piedmont style generally has to do with the cut of meat and how it's prepared and the type of sauce. Right. And what's lumpers and splitters? Well, lumpers and splitters. Do you um, like to divide things that are different or do you like to find the commonalities and put categorize things together? Some people, I think, have a tendency to want to make division, division, division. These things are all slightly different, so they are different. Or do you look at how they are, the, the, the commonalities, and there's a lot of things in common, and they, they seem to be the same. So when I say lump or splitter, if we look at Piedmont versus Lexington-style barbecue, a splitter would say, oh, no, those are two very different things. The sauce mm-hmm. is mixed in the barbecue with this one, and it's, it's not mixed in the other. To me, we're, we're, it's the same cut of meat, the same type of fuel, the same basic kind of sauce. It's just how it's presented. I guess I'm more of a lumper. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. Thank you. <laughs> I thought that was just common. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, it is. We we when we 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 do a lot of classification of of things in in the museum world and uh, you know classification of living things or whatnot. So we talk a lot about you know, are these things different or are they alike? And then pe- different people have different things. So right. I tend to be a lumper. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Tony Paysauer, I want to thank you so much for uh, talking to us about the exhibit that you've got opening on June 18th. It's Again, it's called Carolina Q at the Shield Museum in Gastonia, the story of the Carolina's most famous food tradition. And we've been speaking with Tony Paysauer, who's the head of interpretation at the Shield Museum. So thanks again. It's been fun. Thank you. Enjoy it. Eat some barbecue tonight. <laughs> for Piedmont Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.